0: Welcome to We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, engineers, and anybody
1: who is interested in robotics, hosted by the Unlimited Robotics team. So hi, everybody. Uh, very good to see you again. Today, we have a super interesting and special guest, uh, Mr. Galin Bal. Hello, Gal. Hi. How are you today? Great, thank you. Okay, so just for you guys to understand who is this special character, uh, we've been doing some research on Gal and a couple of words about him. He's an entrepreneur and a business expert. He's currently leading the 412 on 972 Pittsburgh Israel Innovation, which is a company focused on building business bridges between Pittsburgh and Israel. Uh, On 2015 Gal co-founded iCobots which is the first Israel Cobot distribution and deployment company and since then Gal has been working with many international robotic companies on business development and deployment of their products. Did I describe it correctly Gal? (laughs) Yes. Great. Um, So Gal again thank you very much for visiting us for for letting us hosting you on this podcast for We Are You Are as part of the unlimited robotics uh, uh, for community. And let's start with the first question. So what do you see as the trends in the robotic industries nowadays and specifically in the robotic areas? I think that the
0: uh, industry is starting to go through a transition uh, uh, from a very hardware focused, uh businesses which was led by the hardware uh, uh, robotics companies into a more software oriented uh, uh, development focus because uh, by the way you can think you can think uh, uh quite similarly about the car business uh for ages the car industry was focused on building a better motor and a better uh, i don't know steering wheel and so on and suddenly once you uh uh connected software to it there is so much software to be to be written and so many degrees of freedom in term in terms of of uh, ingenuity to, to, to build into the code uh, uh, that uh, uh, suddenly the, the challenges shift into software if you look at the cobots specifically and you go back to uh, uh, 20 uh, 2014, 2015, there were uh, Universal Robots and there were uh, Rethink Robotics, and that that was practically uh, uh, the the whole the whole uh, uh, robotic industry. And today you look around and you see that the Chinese and some other uh, uh, far east. Uh, manufacturers have entered uh, entered this uh, domain and all the traditional uh, uh, robot manufacturers have also developed uh, either fully uh, a Cobotic or somewhat Cobotic uh, uh, application and, you, and and you can say that uh, the design of the arms have become almost standard still there are some uh, uh, some very uh, uh, minor changes uh, you see all kinds of uh, uh, payloads and, and length and things like that, but all in all, you see a, a standard design of uh, of an arm. By the way, like you have a standard design of a car or a standard design of a, of a smartphone or of of, of a laptop. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the challenges on the hardware side are mostly uh, even even the AMRs, uh, the uh, indoor indoor uh, mobile robots. They are 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 getting together into several standards uh, like the ones who just uh, uh, go with a very light payload and a medium payload and a very uh, heavy payload. You can see you can see the the, the various hardware uh, conglomerate into into several uh, uh, general designs. And I think that the next challenge and it would be mostly about uh, let's say the safety standardization would be to connect the arms to the mobile uh, uh, base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see there huge challenges that would be uh, resolved mainly through uh, uh, software and through a general standardization. I, I also believe that once this integration would happen safely, uh, uh, the sky is the limit. Uh, I saw the recently the uh, there's a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, clip that uh, Boston Dynamics just released of how the, the spot with, uh, with an ARM integrator, is picking up trash, for example, which is a wonderful application still. I think we, we are like three, four, five years uh, from getting this application running around the streets because of uh, safety issues. But uh, I, I think that uh, the market would go there.
1: Thank you so much for the detailed answer. And with this regard, what would you say would be the most upcoming industries in which cobots will take major place in and i'm not talking about only the industrial i mean the factory industry but also to other industries if you see any
0: so i, I think i think i see a very uh, strong interest now in the in the construction industry uh in the the construction industry uh, uh by the way in israel it's a bit it's a bit different because most of the most of the workers are foreigners, and, and there's a, the, the challenge in Israel is not to take a, a a people who are getting older and older and cannot do the work, but uh, just uh, getting getting uh, migrants that come in to, to do uh, construction work. But but if you're looking, for example, in the states, uh, the average age of the construction worker is is get, is getting uh, the construction workers are getting older. Uh, uh, the unions who you would think would be the barrier uh, uh, to get uh, technology into into the field is, is advocating technology because one of the biggest fears of those unions are the pensions. Uh, the unions are holding the pension and if, if uh, an, a, a construction industry worker is lifting something uh, that is too heavy and, and he hurts his back and he would get an early pension, it means that uh, more stress on, on those funds and there are less and less people coming into into the construction industry so the unions would fight to to bring any technology that would lower the physical stress uh, from the from the construction uh, construction employees and we see uh, quite a number of uh, of interesting uh uh it's, it's not it's it's not even not even most of them are fully robotic in the sense that in the construction industry if you can if you can uh, get a robot into a room press a button and get out and let the robot uh, i don't know uh uh, uh so the uh, or clean or or paint or, or do things with the persons uh uh out of the room then you don't even need some of the the robotic uh, safety uh uh aspect um so so there is and, and also i think going back to to uh, my uh, earlier point i think that the industry has has matured enough to have enough uh, uh standard hardware so the people who who are going to who are going and developing all kind of construction uh construction robotics don't need to invent everything from scratch by the way uh uh uh, uh, technologies to, to manage robotic fleets, to, to coordinate between two robots. It's, it's, also, it's every, all those things are software and, and a lot of those things are either a, a, under development or already uh, released uh, uh, to the market. Another, another industry that uh, uh, we can see that uh, is already taking uh, 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 robotics happily is the agri-tech, uh, agri-tech industry. Uh, uh, we can see all kinds of robots, either uh, uh, identifying uh, uh, pests or, uh, or uh, uh, picking up, picking up fruits. Tevel, uh, Tevel just raised, I think, $7 million, uh, or I uh, might be mistaken with the uh, number Tevel, who's, who's doing apple, apple picking with drones. By the way, again, when we are talking about robotics, uh, I'm, I'm talking about any any independent uh, uh, system, it could be uh, a drone, it could be a drone with an arm, it could be uh, an AMR, it could be uh, a fixed, fixed arm, whatever.
1: So one important thing that caught my attention in, in your answer was the, the suggestion that at the end, or not at the end, eventually robots or cobots will replace a blue collar employees in the manufacturing floor. It can be either the manufacturing floor in a construction site or maybe in the field doing agriculture uh, activities. But what about until we get to a point in which the cobots, the robots, the drones will have their own AI and we'll get to that later. What about combining the blue collar employees with a literacy or, or, or some kind of acceptance that Automatic autonomous uh, processes in robots will help them to achieve better results. So I,
0: I, I, about I, 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 think, I think that, uh, and now, now I'm going to my hands-on experience uh, in the field. I think that the perception uh, of the robotics companies and of governments is a is, uh, is wrong in, in, in the sense that they, they think about the, the blue-collar employees who would resist the, the robots and everything. There is a huge, huge outcry of, of uh, industrialists in all the Western hum- hemisphere uh, uh, that they need uh, uh, employees the uh, people people not in my age i'm i'm a dinosaur i'm almost 50 <laughs> but i'm talking about the kids who are 20 or 25 or 30 are reluctant to go and work on a uh, production uh factories uh, uh kids who, who who grew up with a smartphone in their hand uh, uh, the very thought of, of waking up and getting in six in the morning to do a physical job they would rather sit at home and get uh, unemployment uh Unemployment uh, uh, compensation, yes. money, and not and not uh, and not attend, uh, not attend the, the, the factories. And there are many programs who are trying to bring in, uh, bring in, uh, young employees into into plants, and they fail miserably. Uh, and and the only chance, the only chance to bring those uh, 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 millennials or post millennials uh, uh, kids into production floors is only by uh, bringing in technology and making them team leaders of of robotics uh, i i remember myself as a child uh seeing the first star wars movie i think uh, it was 78 79 to see luke skywalker as an ugly agri- mm-hmm. agritech agree technologist to wake up wakes up in the morning and takes his all, all those uh, uh uh, rusted robots that are thrown in, in, in his backyard and kicking them out to go and harvest the fields, and, and he was like a, a a robotic or robotic team team leader. And I think this is this is the role that uh, uh, the young people are are uh, uh, can can take upon themselves in production floor. There are huge huge challenges in in terms of. Of the industrialists who lead those companies, because because they need to to, to have to have some kind of a, of, of a uh, uh, a perception shift or a mind shift, and there is also a clash between those youngsters and those old uh, old people who who are still working on the production floor and are willing to take. Uh, 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 the the let's say the sweatshop uh, sweat by the way if you go in, and look at the Israeli at least uh, uh, production floor there are almost no sweatshops it's all you see you see technology all around you and and all the manual all the regular manual work has long gone to China uh, the only productions that stayed in Israel are production floors for short runs uh, where there are a lot of setups in the production, uh, in the production uh, uh, equipment. And again, if you have people who know how to set up the production equipment, so you need to, to teach them how to become, let's say, more computer uh, literate in the sense of setting up robots and not setting up mechanical equipment. But anyway, for example, anyone who, who knows how to operate a, a CNC machine, uh, uh, the leap between uh, a programming a CNC machine and uh, programming a, a, a Sawyer of Rethink or a, or a, a, a UR uh, uh, in terms of coding or teaching by, by movement, it's a very small leap. It's not, uh, it's not a big challenge.
1: So that brings me to the, my next question, which is the incorporation of AI, artificial intelligence with the production floor and the level of competency the operator or the developer should have, or at least should take under consideration while developing or planning the process. So if we are talking or looking at the near future in which some of the production floor, if not already, will be replaced by cobots, robots, drones, whatever, what should be the level or what should be the optimal level of artificial intelligence that those devices and machines should have in order to achieve at least the production and the capabilities the current manufacturing floor already have.
0: So let's, let's start with uh, some cynical uh, uh, look at the artificial intelligence. When, when the first robot was designed and he just did this all the time, someone said, well, we need to integrate the artificial intelligence into it. So let's put the sensor and only when the on the conveyor belt, something moves the, uh, beside it and the, the sensor feels something moves, then the hand would go down and pick it up. And uh, before that uh, happened, everybody were talking about artificial intelligence. And once it happened, well, people said, well, this is just a sensor. This is not artificial intelligence. I, I, I don't know if you recall, but uh, in the late 90s, everybody was saying uh, we are on the verge of a breakthrough yes. because once... <laughs> Once, once uh, uh, artificial intelligence will allow uh, uh, computers to read all the pages, all the all the written, uh, all the printed things, and turn uh, those pictures into text. Uh, uh, the, the, the the computers will know everything, and artificial will reign over uh, humanity. And five minutes after after the algorithm uh, 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 was cracked and. Uh, well, this is just OCR. So the, we have a bigger, bigger uh, data lakes of, of information. But so, so, so uh, uh, when you're talking about artificial intelligence, it seems like uh, uh, there's like a barrier, like a door, and when we will open it, everything will open up. And and by the way, uh, I think of the excitement about deep learning, deep learning, and, and we will be able to identify which which one of the robots behind me are is truly R two D two. So, 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 so uh, Google cracked it, and and still, still we have challenges. So, going back to to uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, deployment challenges. So, so if I'm if I'm going back to 2015, 2016, when I started deploying uh, Sawyer's on uh, production in Israel. So, part of the challenge, for example, was to get the part in the right orientation, because because uh, there, w- there was an integrated vision system, but the integrated vision system wasn't still smart enough uh, uh, to pick uh, the part in the right orientation. So very stupid robots, you had to, to build all kinds of uh, mechanisms just to, to get the part in the right orientation so the robot could pick it and put it into the machine and then pull it out of the machine and, and put it aside. Uh, uh, later on, later on, when you you got uh, 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 some better uh, uh, vision capacities, so you could build, uh, uh, you, you could look down and get the right orientation and, and pick it up. Uh, uh, now, now you can see. Now you can see. Uh, and, and again, this, these are mostly uh, software challenges because once you have a camera and you have an arm, the challenge is to digest the reality and to build the. Uh, uh, to build the path that the arm would would pick something so suddenly suddenly uh instead of uh, uh, just getting the things one by one uh, you can uh, with the picture uh pick up from uh from a tray uh, uh, a number of pieces but again the number of pieces is just do two-dimensional or suddenly you start to perceive it in a three-dimensional way so each time each time you solve each time you solve a challenge the manufacturer comes to you and tells you listen uh so if it can do this why couldn't be, why couldn't be, uh, it do also that uh, 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 and by the way there are, there are many challenges uh, also some of them on, on the hardware side because if if you think about modes, most of the, most of the end of arms things are either uh, uh, two fingers or a, a vacuum a vacuum picker Yes. And and we have we have uh, oh. uh, uh, two arms with uh, five fingers with I don't know 70, 70 degrees of freedom in, in each uh, in each hand, and currently you start seeing all kinds of hands coming out uh, uh, even in IP uh, sixty seven uh, uh, grade, so they could work theoretically on production floor, but just nobody still has a, a, a figured uh, figured out how to. How to take this uh, uh, robotic arm and teach it how to pick smartly without uh, uh make it making it fall and by the way one of the challenges which we pick which we have no problem is that if if i pick this thing up and i need to change its orientation i can easily change its orientation with my finger yes. when you go to two fingers or to a vacuum uh, picking it's, it's much harder to, to change the orientation of the part so Suddenly, something that a, a person does very quickly, then uh, then a robot needs to take, uh, like uh, 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 pick it up, uh, put it down, then take it from a different orientation and, and, and do the thing. And and you can you can you can crack it by making the the hand move faster, or you can crack it by adding uh, fingers or adding more degrees of freedom to to do this thing. So, and, 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 the, and the customer, uh, uh, the more he sees the technology doing, the more his imagination opens up and and, and they ask for, uh, for better performance. Today, some of the performance could be overcome by uh, uh, the operators uh, uh, on the production floor. And some of the, those challenges are, are going back to the robotics companies. One of the things that uh, uh, we took uh, uh, great pride of when when I was with iCobots and we were deploying a, a cobots on production floors, is that we would train a robotic operator and we would support we would support the operators. So uh, we would teach the robot to do something. We would come back two weeks later and we do we see the robot doing a, a much smarter. A uh, uh, process than uh, uh, than we deployed because the 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 manager ca- came in and said why shouldn't it do this that and and that and the operator already knew how to how to uh, upgrade the uh, the concept.
1: Gal, super super interesting. We have a couple of more minutes, so with your permission, last question, and it regards to ethics. So. It's very interesting from our side to understand what you would think or believe would be the most important ethical guidelines that should be in place regarding use of robots and how we, as companies that develop robots, operating system, integration, should implement them effectively. A combination of ethics and machines, which is kind of peculiar.
0: So so I think I think that uh, uh, ethics uh, is is something which is much, much uh, a greater than a robot or AI or, or autonomous uh, platform. And I think it, it, the, the ethics is not the, the machine side, but it's the, the human side. One of the things that uh, I, I strongly believe, for example, is that if you don't have a lot of automation or if you're bringing the first robot into your production floor, don't bring it in and then start uh, uh, communicating it to the to your employees because once the robot will roll into the production floor, ev- everyone's uh, WhatsApp uh 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 networks would start uh, uh, the robots are coming and, and you create uh, uh un- unnecessary stress. Uh, uh, you should communicate uh uh, uh bringing in automation into into uh, uh, production floor by the way i think i think that the uh, the people who, who would be who would be under uh, would be hurt mostly from robots are not the production people who, who who which i already mentioned are scarce anyway and are happy that any physical workload is taking off their shoulders uh uh i'm 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 uh, i can uh, for example uh, mention uh, uh taxi drivers truck drivers who 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 will suffer from? Uh,
1: and and and
0: this is this is a this is a question of. I think it's more of a government, not of not of companies, because this 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 uh, a wave is coming. By the way, if you think about it, at least when I was a kid, there was so many secretaries everywhere, and so many clerks everywhere and today the the smartphone and the, uh the, the microsoft outlook that there, there was there were people who their sole job was to go and uh, photocopy things and and deliver mail and suddenly they they are gone and 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 they never rioted against the the robots because those were virtual robots so nobody called them robots they, they called them software but but the thing was that uh those those uh, innovations didn't came up uh, uh, within a day, but it was uh, it was a process. So the question is, how quick will the robot uh, uh, get into into uh, into those uh, production floors? I think I think that uh, uh, in the case of production, uh, uh, it's it's a slow process. I think that in the case of uh, of logistic uh, logistic delivery. I think there would be a tipping point, and and there there might be friction around it, and and it would be the role of government and not of uh, employers, to to solve these uh, uh, challenges. Uh, there's a whole a whole different uh, uh, question when when you you're talking about robotics and autonomous autonomous platforms and AI when it comes to military applications, and and in that in that sense, uh, I'm I'm. Uh, on one hand i i, I i'm a, a very much against uh, selling it to authori- authoritarian uh, governments but on the other hand i think that uh, that uh, this the, uh, this ai and uh and robotic platforms uh could save a lot of lives on both both sides because because once you have a, a, a smarter platform you can focus on enemy and not on not on uh, uh, people who are uh, are, are uh, not not involved in the in the in the warfare. Currently, currently at least in some scenarios, uh, the population is being held as a, as a shield uh, uh, by a, a more terrorist or more uh, uh, let's say uh, 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 people who disregard uh, the Geneva Convention and and so on. And, and in that sense, technology could help the, uh, the other side be do a much more selective uh, uh, work. Again, I'm pro peace, and I think that uh, uh, peace is the answer, not war. But but if if uh, if if uh, if if I need, if for example, I'm thinking about about things like artillery, that uh, currently the, the 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 former practice of artillery was a statistical statistical shooting. And there were always collateral damage. And now with the AI and robotics, you can do a uh, much more precise and, and get one army to fight the other army and let the civilians be outside of the scope of the fighting. I, I, I think, I think uh, it is ethical to pick the, the more precise uh, platforms and not the uh, less precise platforms.
1: Gal. Thank you so much for, for having us with you, for, for bringing your mind and, and vision and the way you look at life into our platform and to the podcast. Uh, whoever listens, I highly recommend following Gal on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever you can find him. We will, when we'll publish this podcast, we'll put uh, in, in the links. Uh, where you can find Gal and how you can follow is super interesting ideas. Um, I personally thank you for, for participating in this podcast and thank you so much for, for visiting us. I appreciate your time and you can visit Unlimited Robotics anytime you want. We'll be super proud to have you as a companion, as a colleague and and, and as an advisor. Thank you so much for your time, Gal. Thank you. I <laughs> do